Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about, unfortunately, we are here to, I'm just kidding, we are here to talk some Vikings football. Obviously, you know, life gets in the way at times. Uh, you know, we weren't able to do a show this week. I'll have my co-host Aaron, you know, talk it through. Um, but in the end, very similar result. We were just talking, hey, instead of four turnovers, there was only two. Somehow we got blown out, blown out. And the other thing we were talking about is like, well, you know, we're like the only team in the league that didn't get their ass whooped. And in some of these games with all these turnovers, we, we kind of deserved to get our ass kicked. And it finally happened. We did get a look at Hall. Um, you know, you can look at him. <laughs> you know, he's, he might be looking in the mirror today. I don't know. But we did get a look at Hall, which I didn't really hate. You know, didn't hate at all. It's fine. We might as well. Um, so we're going to talk it through. We're not going to go an hour on this stuff too crazy, right? Um, so we'll talk it through. Kind of a, a nutshell of the last two weeks. Uh, in a sense, we're not going to go over a couple different drives from that Detroit game, but um, it just kind of nutshell all this stuff. Um, of course, we'll talk about the last game of the season. Um, I know, theoretically, there is like, if we beat the Lions and these three things happen, we'll sneak in. But uh, the writing's been on the wall for quite some time that we're not really going to do shit in the playoffs anyway. So it is what it is. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, we will talk a little gopher football to close. They went out, you know, on a positive note anyway. Um, and we'll talk a little recruiting, which that's even more positive, actually. Um, so, yeah, uh, if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash ropeadope radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and ropeadope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. You could find this your Vikings podcast, Purple People Eaters, in a whole host of areas under Ropadope Radio, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podbay. Download the podcast app. Also, Living in Loserville Spricker page. Check that out. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing, direct TV stream. Sign up today. Save up to sixty four ninety nine when you get direct TV stream. The best deals that were 2023, they're still there for a limited time. You can still get the sixty nine ninety eight a month for the first two months when you get the entertainment package and the direct TV sports pack. Get the best in streaming TV today, direct TV stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, who... Uh, you know, has had a rough um, go of it since uh, basically Christmas, huh, Aaron? Man, it sounds rough. Well, six years of the podcast, and we haven't missed a show. Um, but due to the holidays, our line of work, things got a little uh, messy with our schedules. Had a lot of things scheduled uh, for the holidays, uh, both on either of our sides. And it got in the way at first, and then I had an unfortunate accident. Um doing some work and messed up my back uh, earlier this week. So we had planned to maybe go on Thursday and uh, that got the K-Bosh due to the fact I went to the hospital, but everything's fine. I'm moving, I'm walking and uh, got to catch, you know, uh, this Lions game, Chris, uh, among the only, what, two turnovers this game, many storylines to go over. There's the two quarterback switch. And, you know, do we really have a quarterback at this point? I really don't think so. That's a, a talker we'll get into. And, you know, we hit the off season early. I know we're probably not going to get in too much of that talk since we have next week to go. But like you said, it's been pretty apparent since possibly when Kirk went down and, and maybe a little bit after the Dobbs experiment sort of evened out that this team really wasn't, going to the playoffs and if it was it was going to be a very short trip there and so you know now we start to try to salvage what we can out of it and you know the hall experiment uh for the most part i thought wasn't a 
unmitigated disaster, but uh, I think Chris will point out there was some missed things on the field, obviously, for a fifth-round rookie. I thought his composure was pretty good. I thought he you know, did his yeah. best to stay in the pocket. It wasn't a complete failure, but obviously the kid's got a lot to learn, and he's just not quite there yet. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I did like his pocket presence. I agree. He wasn't, uh, wasn't looking to get out of there, wasn't looking to dodge it up or anything like that. Um, and I agree. You're right. Like it did basically – the season came down to the end at Green Bay, right? I mean, that's really what happened because, you know, there was some glimmer of hopes because of, like you said, those those next two games where Dobsy just did some kind of weird stuff with his legs and be like, whoa, what was that? You know, it's – so it kind of it kind of made you think, well, man, if he could keep doing this, maybe we could get to the playoffs, whatever. But um, you know, it, it's just like I guess you could say Minnesota sports in general, but especially Vikings, where you really feel like you're putting it all together defensively, offensive line, everything's looking good. You get you know two wins you don't normally get, you know a. a a Niners team, you, you pretty much handled them, and then you score-wise did handle Green Bay. And, yeah, that, that was that was like the little peak of the season. That is so long ago, too. Um, but, you know, we rattled off three more wins after that, and uh, it, it was fun. They definitely overachieved once Cousins went down, and they were definitely underachieving with all those damn fumbles in the first five games when they were one and four. So, it was a funky-ass season, and like you said, we're not going to recap the offseason or anything like that just yet. Um, but even heading into this game, you know, I mean, when you start to look, like, I feel really bad for Hawkinson. You know, it's once he got hit low like that and he got carted off, I was like, oh, boy, that's not good. And sure enough, like, the worst timing – there's no guarantee he'll be back for September ready to go. And if he is, likely you just do the math. He'll probably be able to play in the opener. But there usually is some rust there for obvious reasons. Um, and then maybe by midseason, he'll start to really feel like himself, you know. And then everything after that, they always say within, like, the next year of stuff, that's when you really get back to where you were in. It's really tough, man, because he had a great season. And some of the things that I wouldn't say we were hypercritical about, but some of the things to close the season last year and the beginning of this year, some of those those catches that you're like, hey, man, if you're a top five tight end, you got to make that catch. And he really started making those catches. And he took a beating. He showed his grit, that's for sure, because dude was limping left and right. Um, so, yeah. That, that that one sucked. DJ Wanham, who's had a great year, that was rough. So going into this, you know, game, it was like, was Addison going to play? You know, it was like, man, it, it wasn't bad enough. Now, you know, now it's even worse. Um, so, you know, um, the switch to Hall, why not? I mean, you know, I could see the argument of Mullins putting up 700 yards in the last two games. I do get that. Um but he also had, what, seven picks or eight picks? He had a lot of picks. So, um, and, and honestly, he was begging for a pick six every game he played, too. It looked like, oh, there, no, no, almost, you know. So I didn't mind because where we were in the season, and I agree, Hall did look good in the pocket. He was a little hesitant. It felt that way live, but now that we're seeing cut-ups the next day, like you mentioned, you know, there was even on like the the first three plays that we had dropbacks. It was like that guy's wide open, and, and you know when it's Jefferson wide open, it's like dude, throw the ball, dude. You know, so um, there was one play early though that three guys were I'm talking three to five yards open, open. So, but he's a young dude, like you said. I'm glad that I like how you preference where we drafted him. You guys got to keep that in mind. Maybe he'll be our career backup. And that would be fine, too. We didn't, you know, burn a, a high draft pick on not even second or third round. So I do like the kid. I think he's got a future um, as an NFL football player. Is it a starter? I, who knows? It's too early to say. But I, I, either way, he could be a backup. 
seems like a solid dude in the locker room, at least on the outside looking in. Um, but, yeah, once those injuries started adding up, man, it was like I definitely made, you know, a, a plus uh, 110 or 105 bet on the Packers. I, I got to admit it because it was like, yeah, we're going to lose this game. Now, did I think we were going to get our ass kicked? No. Um, but I do feel bad for Hawkinson, man. Just the worst time of the year to get an injury, you know, because your whole off season's really messed up. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up Hawk because you know, he's been a steady force throughout the season. He has taken hits and hits and hits. And, yeah, he doesn't catch everything that comes his way, but nobody does. Uh, I thought he did a great job being a you know security blanket for Dobbs, who went to him endlessly. Yep. Um, even Mullins' uh, cousins at times would throw him not great balls. So I thought, you know, durability-wise, he really held up well. The You know, the hit he got from Joseph, you know, some people say dirty, some people say clean. It's really not that big a deal. We've seen hits like that. I just think it was an overextension of the knee. Uh, couldn't get his cleat out of the ground quick enough. Um, you know, that's what D-backs do on tight ends as they go low, and that's what happens. So I'm not going to tag anybody with some dirty player stuff. Um, but, it's, you know, he had a great year. I think he's a starting tight end. Uh, nice to have him back if we can to start the season next year. But if not, I think we could wait till week three or whatever, just get him healed up. Um, you know, Addison was back. Uh, that's another one I probably would have held out, but apparently they felt good enough uh, with his ankle to let him play. Um, you know, uh, Jefferson seemed like he's back to somewhat of, of game speed. So he'll probably finish the season healthy, which is a, a really good thing. Um, the quarterback situation, like you said, um, you know, fifth round rookie, we've been over that, but, you know, I think he's got some talent now backup third string practice squad. Who knows where he's going to end up? Maybe starter, maybe needs another year, you know, maybe right, needs yeah. some more tutelage. You just don't know. Mullins, his story, you get what you get, right, Chris? I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to get exactly good what we said. It's exactly yeah, exactly. what we said. Dude. It's hilarious. Actually. Yeah. You're gonna get some some really nice passes. You're gonna get some ducks. You're gonna get. He's some gonna put mistakes. it in the air though. That's one thing he yep. will do is put it in the air. Yeah, I saw a stat that it's 16 yards down the field as general pass, which you know, he gets the <laughs> ball down the field. Um, That's hilarious, dude. That's a crazy the interesting stat. thing though. Is Chris is <laughs> the real talker? I guess is like you paid what a fifth round pick for Dobbs. And yep. what are you going to do with Dobbs now? Is he going to somehow be your – I'm sorry, my son's – Oh, that's okay. Talking, but uh, he'll do that for you. He's, he's trying to chime in on Dobbs, you know. <laughs> right. So what do you do with Dobbs now? You paid the fifth-round pick. Um, he's going to probably move on journeyman style. I don't think it was sure. a waste. He won you a couple games. No. But, Plus, we got the fifth-round back is higher. Or sixth right. round. Six, yeah. Six, so yeah. – um, you know, that's the real question is what to do with that. I mean, even Mullins, is he going to return? Who knows? Depends on what you do in the draft. That's a talker for a different time. But of those guys, I think we realize there's not a starter there. We're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there might be serviceable backup, two, three um, guy there that you can maybe uh, build the future around a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, Mullins did show his worth as a guy who can come in for a couple weeks and at least move the ball, you know, because um, when we did have Dobbs going for those two games, you could start to see, like, these long stretches where the ball, you know, we weren't moving it, and then it was, like, you know, multiple games where we didn't. Um, so that was pretty much out the window. I think you're right. I mean, the fact – now, if we didn't sign uh, Reisner, if we didn't sign him, then you could then you could at least make an argument that, well, we lost a six-rounder or something. You know, you could make that argument a little bit because, uh, you know, trading Cleveland, that's how we got it back, whatever. We could have kept Cleveland or whatever. I mean, he's, he's going to be a free agent anyway. But And I assume we will start re-signing him because he's – I don't. I think he's 29, 28. So, I mean, he could probably go for another three, four years or something like that. Um, but, yeah, Mullins is – speaking of trade, you know, we did actually make a trade to get him, right? So um, – not this year, obviously, but he he really showed he can back up. So I would say Hall and him will battle for that backup spot. I think that's legit. Now, when you throw for 700 yards in two games, 
maybe someone with a really young quarterback may take a gander at him. You know, that that is a chance that we could lose him. But um, so I could actually see Mullins not being, you know, <laughs> the second free agent available or, you know, not that, but I could see someone getting them. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it, it was good for that just to kind of see what we what we can do. It will be interesting if they don't give Hall another shot or if they go to Mullins because this is, technically speaking, um, a must-win game, right, if you're a coach and players. These are must-win games because you always want to go to the playoffs. In their scenario, I'm not talking about – you know, end of the season fanship stuff. Um, you know, we're up to 12 right now, um, you know. With a chance at nine. With know. a chance at nine. So, I mean, you know, we're looking at it from a different perspective, obviously, but uh, that's what kind of makes me think they'll probably go with Mullins. Um, and to be fair, out of the three, we've moved the ball most with him, I'll say, but that makes sense. He's had the most playing time, you know, so in his career. So, um, but yeah, I don't think we should, uh, get down on Hall too much. And, and I agree. There, there might be something there underneath the surface with Hall. And, and, and so battling for a backup, like I said, change of pace backup. Maybe that's what it'll be here. Maybe that's what it'll be in a couple of years. But overall, I, mean, I, I really God. think he can come in and win you a game if you need a game. Now, over a six game stretch, there's issues. But let's say you need a spot starter for a game. Uh, week six, you know, ankle injury, guy can't come out and play. You throw Mullins in, I, I think that's a decent position to have him in. But when you start to go, okay, Kirk's down for the season, and you've got four games, right. six games, eight games, that's where you start to get in a little bit of trouble. And, you know, I kind of want to transition off of that, Chris, into this thing that has been a plague, and we talked a little bit about it off air, and now it's just, you know, living rent-free in my head is this offensive line. It's you know, PFF's given it its kudos this year about being a great run-blocking offensive line. Well, that's great when you have a 12-run a sample size a game. You know, okay, fine. You know, you can maybe say that. But at some point, no matter what quarterback you have back, you know, that line didn't do Dobbs any f- favors, certainly didn't do Mullins any favors, didn't do uh, Hall any favors last night, and it obviously didn't do Cousin any favors. So w- we need to take a really hard look at this offensive line. It's it's not what it's cracked up to be. You have parts and pieces. You have Derisaw. You have O'Neal. Beyond that, Chris, as we've said from the season preview this year and the season preview last year and the season preview before that, you don't have anything. Now, you'll probably re-sign Reisner. I, I think that's probably a good move. Uh, our boy on the other side, LSU kid, Ingram. A slight improvement from last year, uh, but I don't think he's anybody you're going to want to put in the ring of in the ring of fame. And then yeah, you've you're got not the trying Brad- to extend him right now. And the Bradbury issue. Now, technique wise, Bradbury, I'm sure, got technique. He's light. Sure. You know, that's the yeah, story. Yeah, he's light there. in the ass. And there's not a goddamn thing you're going to be able to do about yeah, that. He's not going to put on 30 pounds or nothing. <laughs> I don't care what and they if say. if you want pass protection and you want to be secure up the middle, you can't have a light guy in there and doing that. Now, you re-signed him. I don't know if it was a one-year thing, Chris. I remember you reminded me or something this year. But that's – these are There is an op-out. There is an op-out. I don't know if they'll take it. but This is an issue, and it's been going on for six years. And if it continues to go on, I don't know if it's – you know, you want to go and say offensive line coach, okay, fine. I know they brought in what's-his-nuts – uh, as the the guy that came in with O'Connell, but yeah. we can't run a fucking screen. We haven't been able to do that. Now, whether these guys refuse to run it or they don't like running it or they just can't run it, they were supposed to have these mobile offensive linemen who can't get out and run a screen. They did it last year once, I think. Cook broke off a nice one uh, in the Indianapolis game. But other than that, we can't – short yardage is impossible. We can't even do a push-push with this offensive line. This is a problem. It has been a problem. And I'm just sick of talking about it for six years. It's unbelievable. And, yeah, you want to go get a quarterback in the draft. And there are a lot of needs. And I understand that. And I know we've taken our shots at linemen in the draft and, and whatnot. But have we really, really made a serious run at an offensive line? Like, 
like like Kansas City did, like uh, like Philadelphia has. No, we really haven't. We've done picks and pieces and parts, and it's just driving me nuts at this point. Because if you would have had a decent offensive line or at least one that you could rely on in pass protection and possibly running the ball, maybe you get more success out of Dobbs. Maybe you get more success out of Mullins. Maybe you get more success out of uh, the other guy, uh, whoever the – yeah, Halsey. I mean, that's a major issue here offensively. And for God's sakes, can we run a screenplay? (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, like – Chandler, I don't know if he just got that extra giddy up, but he's actually showing he can do some of that. But it's more like little halfback tosses. It's actually not a screen, uh, really. Um, and you're right. Like the sign that I'm glad you brought up the screenplay because the sign of a great offensive line is exactly that fucking play. Period. Point blank. There's no. I don't care if the spread offense features nine receivers in, in ten years from now. Seriously. Like, that is exactly what that means. And, you know, when we started seeing this flashing up of, you know, uh, the especially the run, um, uh, you know, number one run PFF, and then, like, a handful of weeks later it was down to 10. I haven't even checked because I don't even want to see it. But, um, yeah, it's still, like, I'll say this. You could tell the difference with these quarterbacks and when Cousins was in in there because he can get rid of the ball. Um, and, you know, like, Reisner did improve it because we saw about three games of it where you're like, okay, that's 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 an improvement. Now, how much of an improvement? That's the thing. And we did our dude – we did about as good as you can if you think about our, our ends in the draft. But it can't be just the draft, and that is the key. This is the year. It's the first year that we went out and got, like, a really solid guy, and we still waited, like, you know, a couple weeks into the season to get him. And it and it and and we didn't see him for, like, three weeks, right, because he, he, he had to get acclimated. So if we would have brought him in originally, um, he would have been acclimated probably quicker. But now, obviously, we're not going to blame Kwesi for six years, right? That We can't do that. So, but yeah, I think that they got about as much as they can as far as high level talent on that offensive line out of the draft. Because um, Lord knows it was in, us in Indianapolis for a while. I don't know after this last draft, but us in Indianapolis that were had the most draft picks to the offensive line. But you got to bring in that vet. And every year, Aaron, we looked at about four of them and saying. That dude is a, it's a, he's at least serviceable, you know, but, um, as far as pass protect, I did think that was better. I do think these guys were, the only thing I'll say is one, they blitzed the shit out of them and they continue to do that. So therefore there was going to be odd man stuff and the quarterback was going to get hit. And that's where we saw for years now, Cousins is able to usually be able to get rid of the, on average, obviously but be able to get rid of the ball and get hit. Whereas these guys, that wasn't the case. So the passing thing I do think is better, but the run, you know, it's nowhere near what the fuck PFF and other people were saying. And then also, um, you know, like last night, one rushing uh, first down. Um, and, and sometimes, and maybe this is a bad example because we got down so early, but on average – We've had some games where you look and go, well, that's a pretty good clip for average. Why didn't we run a little bit more? And that has been something we've been stressing, Aaron, is we don't want to go back to a run-first offense. We got too much talent. We're not going to go back to a run-first offense. But you got to go both ways with it. you got to be able to run some games and really do it. And we saw some of that, but remember – That was against, like, bottom five rush defenses. That's really the only successful time that we've had, like, oh, 133 yards. Wow, you know. And so, yeah, that, um, uh, yeah, we definitely got to keep signing people. Like, bring in another interior guy next year. Absolutely. Create competition. And I think it's also coaching, Chris, because I watch – 
some offensive line shows. I think a Purple Daily has one with with Alex Boone and and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jeremiah Searles. Good show. I mean, for the most part, they try to break down five six plays a game. I think they're and, fair, you know. Right, and what I see are stunts, uh, basic NFL stunts that are not getting picked up. You know, it's like, well, we're doing a lot of stuff on our defensive line, right? And they're getting picked up. We're not getting nearly the pressure that's coming our way. And we're doing all kinds of wild and crazy stuff. And other teams are finding ways to pick it up. Well, they're running twists, stunts, whatever it is. And either we're getting missed assignments, uh, missed blocks, uh, guys just not knowing what to do in those situations. Uh, and just a, a myriad of things like that. Now, I'm not saying I know the most about offensive line. That's one part of football that I really don't know a heck of a lot about. So I can only say from what I hear from people who apparently do. And if you can't scheme how to pick blitz pickups up, that's what you're going to get a lot of, and you're going to mess it up. Now, maybe some of these guys got talent. I'm not here to, you know, to, you know, knock them all, but, if you can't realize when you got to slide and move a guy to the next guy so you can pick up the the guy running on a on a stunt or whatever that stuff is that's all coaching stuff too so maybe that needs to be taken a look at and uh you know I don't know what loyalties are I, I know it's not O'Connell's job to be on the offensive line although he is the you know the overlooker of all things but this is just to the point now where it's it's just a a, a dumpster fire of a of a situation and it's not helping anybody. And now you got your starter down. That had to do with something the offensive line. Um, and, you know, regardless of who your starter is, whether you bring in a rookie, you're going to want an offensive line in front of him. That's too. the thing. Everyone's so, talking about quarterback. We want to drop a quarterback. But do you want him to get murdered for three years? You know? Absolutely not. And so, you know, this is a problem that I'm going to be highly critical of throughout the offseason. And I'm not saying you spend pick one through seven on offensive linemen, but I'm saying you or need to get start. the number one offensive lineman available that, on free agency. Yep. We're not saying that shit. You have two avenues, right? You have, you pay some money in free agency and get guys that you know are dependable, or you go through the draft and you prioritize offensive line. And that's before we even switch to the defensive side, because there's going to be a whole rant about the defensive line too. Yeah. So, um, you know, just just even looking at this uh, this this you know this Detroit game coming up, um, which we're not going to go too deep in. We we know people are pretty much over it now, um, and, and to an extent we are as well. Um, and that you know that that first Detroit game came down to Mullins not throwing the damn ball correctly. <laughs> like there was like. He left probably two touchdowns on the field. And, and the thing is, after the game, he did admit it. I'll give him credit for that. But, like, whenever you got Jefferson on a safety, and that's fucking it, that's that's money, dude. And we do this a lot where he gets, you know, kind of get, get one-on-one with somebody or at least torch the cornerback, and then it's a safety. And it's like, okay, throw the ball to the right of him in the open green grass, you know, and multiple times in that Detroit game, it was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, and then sometimes Mullins, you know, one freaking like when, when they needed a jump ball, he wouldn't throw a jump ball. And then other times vice versa. So the Addison one, the Jefferson one, the Hawk one, there was like five plays. I, you know, he had 400 yards. He could have had 500 yards in that game. I swear to God, like, those he left two touchdowns on the field, and then obviously, you know, some of those picks, it's like, did you mean to punt that, or was that a throw? Because it seemed like that was just a punt, because I don't know where the hell you're throwing it, especially you at least, if it is going to be double coverage or triple, like one of them, at least float it so you give Jefferson a chance to catch it. Don't throw it over his head to the safety. And so, you know, some of those picks were just god-awful, and, and you know, Having that kind of day, I'm sure he can make like a little minor adjustment where we'll see him just throw it uh, in that that green grass. In fact, 
I'm calling it right now. I bet you he'll throw one way too early to the green grass, and it'll be like, dude, didn't you do that? You know, I, I can already see it, but it won't be a pick, but it'll just bounce off the turf. Um, but, yeah, going into it, I, you know, four-and-a-half-point underdog, that kind of surprised me. It's on the road. Um, I, I guess, you know, there's – the reason why it kind of surprised me, like I could see this number if they weren't playing any of their starters but there's still something to play for. So that kind of surprised me a little bit. I know that maybe Vegas is looking at, like, the last game they had, which, like I said, if it's only two picks rather than four picks, Vikings win that game. Um, It's pretty clear. This isn't, like, homerism or nothing like that. It's pretty fucking clear. And I'm not saying, and I'll never be the person that says, if you take away the picks when you have four of them, you can't do that, dude. Four? can't zip down to zero, you know? No, that's why let's go halfway. If you just threw two. Shit, really? If you just threw three, maybe that would have done it in that game. So, but once again, we just talked about, Aaron, um, one rushing uh, first down in that game, too. One rushing first down. Now, they are good at stopping the run um, and and obviously not that good at stopping the pass because Mullins went for 400, but... um, you know, it opened at five and a half. It went down. I know they did have some injuries. Um, and, and maybe they're like, Vegas is kind of feeling like, well, maybe they just don't care where they end up and they're going to rest some guys. Um, but, you know, the way the season's going, I wouldn't be surprised if they did win this damn game when it really, you know, technically it counts, but ultimately it doesn't. So it does have that vibe. I'm not going to pick them to win, but, um, yeah, I mean, speaking of, and that's why I wanted to kind of go into this because you were talking about the defensive line, uh, the last two games, we haven't been able to stop the run with the shit. No, and for God's sakes, don't win this game. Just don't <laughs> yeah, win right. this game. It's a Viking That's why win, I right? think it'll happen. <laughs> right. It's going to happen because that's how it happens. We could have the ninth pick, possibly eight. I think nine's as high as we can go. Uh, what are you playing for? Nothing. Mullins comes in, throws for 606 touchdowns, and we freaking win this game. <laughs> it's unbelievable how uncanny that is, but let's just hope that that's a knock on wood thing that's not going to happen. Now, the defensive line, you're right, Chris. Uh, Detroit can run the shit out of the ball, and we can't stop the run. Why? Because we're light up front. Uh, we're doing a bunch of smoke and mirrors, you know, you know, right, right, right. Flores, for God love him, and I hope he's here next year with, and we can get him some talent because he, through that mid stretch of the season, was just a magician working with the talent he had, uh, right. and the duct tape, and everything he had to do to put together a defense that could at least stop somebody. And I thought he did a really good job of it. Uh, I heard today he's got he's on the docket for a few interviews, but you know that lawsuit's still going on. And the more I look into it, it just seems like you know maybe. Maybe uh, he'll be back next year, fingers crossed. There's a chance, yeah. There's a but, chance. you know, defensively, I thought secondary guys are young, uh, but if you get some guys in front of them, you know, that's the thing. Harrison Phillips, God love him, not a nose tackle. Um, we can't keep running Daniil if he resigns in the inside and hope to get the same amount of production. I don't think this is the defense Flores imagined running. I think this is what he ran because he knew it would – work for us but then you know the league caught on to it it's gonna happen you yeah, put it on tape. Yep. they're gonna figure it out that's what happened last night uh with green bay and you know they got their butts kicked and you can't put that on flores i said that you know the beginning of the season look i don't think it's going to be on flores i think it's going to be on the dearth of talent uh, on the defensive side of the ball um we have one all pro maybe two if you want to count uh, Harrison Smith, and maybe an, an up-and-comer in, in Ivan Pace, but he's undersized, and you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with him. Um, but, you know, Detroit can run. They can pass. And I don't, I'm not giving the flowers to Detroit. Until they do something to me, they're still the Detroit Lions. Yeah, great regular seasons. We've had great regular seasons and, and lost in the first round. And you know, But yeah. I, I really think that, you know, if Detroit has something to play for, and you've made it clear that they do, whether that's the number one seed, right? It's seeding. Um, then yeah, I think it's like play. second through fourth or something like that, because I think San Francisco's got the one. 
But for God's sakes, Mullins, do not make this the game where you figure it all out and <laughs> and we just run through Detroit because it just. I might have to go to my bookie after this too because it's, it's gonna just, fucking happen. For Christ's sakes, God because damn you, it. you know, Chris, you know, <laughs> you know. It's We're just trying happen. to get you guys ready for it. I know. Get your mentally get get ready, okay? If you got to turn off the game, I I get it. I understand. We'll come out with like 21 no in the first quarter. And yeah. Oh my God. Really? Why? Then we'll believe in the running game once we got a three right, touchdown exactly. <laughs> Um, But nonetheless, let's just say that isn't the case. No, we don't beat Detroit. Detroit will run us out of the house with Gibbs and Montgomery. That's all they need. And that yeah, they got a one two punch, dude. I mean, they're just going to road grade us out of the building, I'm pretty sure. And, and that's, you know, there's a lot of people out there. If you if you you know root for the Vikings to lose, you're not a real fan. And we we quit this not a real fan shit that's going on right now. It's like you have to have more than a a two game or one season view of things, especially right now. Because if you want to look at one season view of this squad, uh, we're in a competitive rebuild that's moving more and more towards a rebuild here, and you're not going to be going. It has one. pretty much the whole time too. It really right. has, actually. Right. And you're not going to get it next season. Let's say you move up. You get Drake May. You get Caleb Williams. You're not out of the woods. You got a nice building block, but you're going to need it. Like we pointed out tonight, offensive line, defensive line. You're going to need, you know, depth everywhere. Now, a player like Williams on a rookie deal will maybe help you get that sort of depth. But you still owe Cousins for another year, so you're not clear, clear of the cap. Well, no, 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 no. You don't owe him next year for a well, whole We year. have to pay some dead money or something. I don't know. Chris, right. you're better at that than I am. But, um, but nonetheless, they, they chose that. They chose that. Yeah. But you've freed up money now where you can start to fill some holes that you need to fill. And you've got guys like Addison. And I've got some ideas for the offseason, which I've put out there on Twitter and Facebook. And to some people like it. And we'll get into that maybe next week or in a later show. But Yeah, um, we'll do that next week. But, you know, there is a plan, and, you know, everybody saw the picture of Quasi smiling on TV yesterday. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Everybody off. It's like, I dude, know. What, do you, what do you want him to be throwing things? You want him to throw his laptop? His head up there? He's <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell, dude? You want him to throw his laptop up there and make it? Yeah, because if app? he was all depressed, he'd be like, look, he has no confidence. No, no confidence. He's not a leader. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, I like the Lions here. I like the Lions. Uh, it's my head telling me it's the Lions and my heart going, my fucking God. I'm going to go points. I'm going points. Though. I'm going the plus number yeah. I, because just because it's just the way it is. Yeah, we're sitting at ninth – or I'm sorry. God, I just did that. We're sitting at 12th right now at 7-9. Atlanta's ninth at 7-9. Chicago's 7-9. They, they fucked up their season. Um, mm-hmm. Vegas is 7-9, and, and we're 7-9, right? So yeah. the, the A spot's not available. But there is a nice little breakdown of all the things that can happen. So, and this is Vikings Insider. So we would get pick nine. So there's three things that would have to happen to get pick nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders beat the Broncos. Bears beat the Packers. Falcons beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. All doable. Right. I agree. Pick 10, two out of three. Pick 11, one out of three. And... Assuming we lose, I, yeah. I forgot to mention that. That's part. the assumption. <laughs> that's, that's what's gonna get it. Watch, dude. That's what's gonna get us. These fucking three things will happen, and they'd be like, "But we didn't do our job on the back end." Okay, so and then if we if we just lose and none of this shit happens, we at least got twelve. So we can right. we can get to nine and ten, fairly possible there. You know, I like ten because it gives you it gives you a chance to move up. Yeah, if you need to. It I mean, really it's does. Gonna, it's going to be expensive. Nobody says it's going to be cheap, but it's right. going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than 22, you know, or 18. It's looking a lot better than it did about six weeks ago, I'll tell you right. that. And For we're going to know more about what they're targeting and blah, blah, blah later. Yeah. But as of right now, there is zero. And let me, I just want to reiterate this to every fan that thinks they know better than that. There is zero incentive to win this game. Zero. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, for 
sure. There is I no – I don't want to hear about confidence, locker room, nothing. Take a win into the season, into the regular season, you know, or the off season. yeah. This isn't college football, guys. This isn't a bowl game. The only thing that can help this squad going forward is a loss. On, Get all those three day. things to happen. Yes. Yeah, I That is it. <laughs> totally. I like how you set that up. And that – see, that's how fanship should work. Like, when we're fucking winning five in a row, we're fucking winning five in a row, dude. We're not saying let's not win. Hey, fucking let's go. Now, obviously that five in a row, had we still had Cousins and Jefferson, well, then we'd be fucking thinking about it more. Sure, I get it. I get it. But no matter what we do with Cousins, we have to draft the quarterback. And we've maneuvered <laughs> very ugly, but we got here, okay, it started out like we were going to be a top 10 or top 12 pick, right, the season. Then it was like, nope, hell no, that's 20s. Now we swung it back. This has been a fucking crazy season. But we are actually – and it's not about just getting Williams. Do I love me some Williams? Fuck yeah. Caleb's a stud. You know, we'll see if his size has anything to do with anything. But this fucking – and I will say this. He does have to not – he can't do some of the stuff he does in college, you know, as far as the scrambling. But this kid, I hate to say generational stuff. I'm not a big fan of that. And by the way, Mahomes definitely didn't come into the draft generational. I will say that. So I don't like to throw that word out. But some of the stuff he do, does inside the pocket and outside the pocket still delivering passes, not just running but literally delivering fucking huge passes, just being a magician. Don't get me wrong. Of course you'd want him. But in this quarterback draft, there are multiple guys where then, you, you know, you could try to go up if that doesn't work, right? Okay, you can still go up two spots, three spots. You know, you can get somebody in this. Maybe they need a year. Maybe they need two. But it is – it would be a must to get it. You're right. I mean, it just – it's actually being a fan to think this way. It, it really is. There's and a crazy – go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've just heard so much crap about, you know, he cried on the sideline. His teammates don't like him. You know what, dude? It's you know, if you think care. If you think that Caleb Williams isn't positioning himself right now, you know, he's going to – before yeah. the – I doubt he does a damn thing at the combine. I right, doubt yeah, he doesn't throw. Yeah. I doubt he shows up. And he's going to say some weird shit, and he's going to do some weird shit because he doesn't want to go to Arizona. He doesn't want to go to the right. worst. And it's not the, the first league. guy to do this. He's not the don't first act guy like to it do is. this. Yeah. So don't sit and don't here listen and say, to his dad. Okay. Right. His dad's his dad. He's his own man. That's another thing. To have I see some these control. quotes, Aaron. I see these quotes. I'm like, nope, that's the dad. He didn't even say that. You yep. know. And he wants to have some control of his of his future here. And you're right. Williams has been since the second he walked on against Texas, he's dominated college football. Now, is he out of range? Quite possibly. Okay. Probably yeah, going probably. from nine to one massively expensive, That's a lot. particularly if the bears are interested, you know what I mean? Drake. <laughs> yeah. a is a that actually is a big key there. Dude. That's a big key. That's a big key. And they're tearing up the the part the the the, the locker room's getting torn up right now in Chicago because a lot of people don't don't want to go to another young quarterback, you know. Yep. And then so then you go Drake May's your next one. Okay. Can you move from nine to two? And we can go on and on and on down right. the line. And but, maybe it'd you know, be Daniels. You know that might Daniels, be it. You know. And, and hey, maybe I think you like he fits Penix. in good in this system. You know. Sure, yeah. Penix would be another guy that fits in great in this system. Yeah. You might not and he's like 29 as it is anyway. No, I'm just Exactly. He's mature. He's ready to he go. May not, he won't need two years. We know yeah. that. It may be just a year. But assuming these guys pass their medicals, blah, 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 there's guys available. And now if yes. you cannot win, if you cannot win on Sunday, you are in range. Okay? And that's the key. You are in range. We're not jumping from 23 to, to 2 anymore. You know, we're going from possibly right. nine to two or nine to four and then four to two or whatever it is. Yeah, nine but, to seven. Who the fuck knows? You know? Yeah. You know, so, so I know we're getting the cart in front of the horse here, Chris, more than we wanted to. But I just – there's a lot of rants here that I just – I've been 
holding in about just the Williams is dead, cry babies. What do you expect him to do in this position? The guy has you. been. The guy and has it shows been, he gives a shit. He's been the target for two years. You know, yeah. this is the guy. So yes. if he is the guy, you drafted two of his best friends last year, you know, take a yeah, shot. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'd be happy with the weapons here. <laughs> That's what I do know. Um, and he is a guy that could uh, get out of the way of a of a blitz or two. Um, just to, so people know, Thomas Sullivan, good follow uh, on Twitter, by the way, but he said he just kind of gave an example of lately – Who's won the Super Bowls of late, okay? A 53rd overall pick, a 10th overall pick, a 1st overall pick that actually wasn't on the same team, uh, 199th overall pick, an 88th, 88th overall, that was Nick Foles. Shouts out to Nick Foles. A 1st overall pick, a 75th overall pick. Actually, I was wrong. Both 1st round, or I'm not saying 1st round, 1st overall, I said that wrong. 1st overall uh, two first overalls, both of them went to a different team. Uh, so they didn't win with their actually team. So this whole thing is you got to get one. This one is fucking special. But it, let's just calm down, take a couple deep breaths. Uh, but, yeah, this is it. This is the year to uh, to do it. I wanted to say this this stat real quick. We're lining it with six home losses. We're getting it. We're, we're, we're tied with the less stackle stuff. The Les Steckle. Uh, did we get an extra home game this year? I think we did. Yeah, think did so, we get yeah. nine and eight? Yeah. I think we did, dude. I think we did. So, actually, we probably superseded it. But we got some Les Steckle in there for home uh, representation, which is not a good one. Oh, here's another one. Okay. I'm glad that you brought up the rant stuff. Quite, the Flacco thing. Okay. Hold on. The Flacco thing, their starter shit the bed and got yeah. hurt and shit the bed. They went to Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson. They went to P.J. Walker, and then they went to fucking Flacco. So everybody that needed a quarterback didn't make a move. And the ones that did, hey, good move for you, Cleveland. Shots out to you. You know, Cleveland doesn't make the playoffs a lot. Good for them, dude. I'm happy for him. Plus, you know, the former coach, good for him. But – they didn't go right to Flacco, dude. They didn't go right there. And, of course, Flacco, who the hell wouldn't want to come here, dude, when you see what we you could throw to? So that's another thing. Like, you're not going to hit on every last little bit. And, and I'd say probably 80% of these people saying all this shit, what were they saying about Dobbs two games in? Let's fucking re-sign him. We got to extend him, you know, and all this dumb shit. So this whole – you know, in the moment, blah, 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 blah. Just stay out. Log off Twitter. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry. No, I, I enjoy that one. That's another one, this whole, you go to sign Flacco. Really? Yeah. Okay. Guy's on his couch. You know. Right. Why didn't Dobbs, they go right to him then? We needed him now. You know, it wasn't like we needed somebody. You know, Mullins was hurt. If you remember when Kirk goes down, Mullins was hurt. We had right. Jaron Hall. That's who we had. That's it. We brought Dobbs in to try to back up Jaron Hall, and then things Shit, got we had what's his muddy. Toes on the damn uh, on the damn practice squad. I know. We had fucking what's his name Morgan. Morgan was on the that, fucking practice that's squad. Just fucking Tanner Morgan in a run for his life. Come on, guys. That's how it's, bad it was. It's just revisionist history that just keeps coming up, and it's like I don't understand this fan base at some time, and I'm part of it, man. But I'm trying to talk some sense, and people just at least sense as I see it. I'm sure everybody has their own viewpoints. I'm not saying sure, I'm right sure. all the time. I've been wrong a bunch, but man, you know, it's this revisionist stuff, and you know, and let's look back. You know, now I just don't. I'm not, that's a whole other rant. I'm not going to get. We've ranted enough, but yeah, this Flacco thing just it makes zero sense. It needs to die. All right, so the longest bowl, so two streaks are still alive. The longest bowl streak in the nation at seven wins, that's the Gophers, and then Georgia couldn't do anything with the, the triple crown, right? The three, not the back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, okay? They couldn't uh, do the, the bowl stuff. They couldn't do the, you know, they, they're, they're, we got them. 
we got them. So, and then, you know, we always have a home in Detroit because we always win there. Um, and remember, I'm recently found out in the last year how, and this is totally random, but not really because it has to do with Prince in Minnesota. Detroit was so key to launching Prince's career. I had no clue how important the, the radio stations, the interviews, the live shows that Detroit, because obviously Detroit, huge, uh, you know, beyond Motown. But I just want to throw that in there. Detroit, we're always welcome in Detroit. That's what I do know. And I've met, like, multiple really cool dudes in the last chunk of years through boxing from Detroit. So, shouts out to Detroit. But anyway, um, you know, they ended on a good note. Um, they got their true freshman back, speaking of Detroit. I mean, it's a Detroit theme. Um, they got him back, and, you know, there was another freshman named Mo Ibrahim that ran for 224 in a quick lane bowl back in 2018. I mean, this Darius Taylor dude, whoo-wee, over 200 yards. The guy is a stud. Um, I mean, this guy's special. He, he's a type of guy that probably will only be here two more years because that's how good he is. He probably will go pro his junior year. Um, but in the four games that he played fully, because, you know, he, he got knocked out of a couple, and then he missed several because he was injured. 193 in a tutty, 138 in a tutty, 198 in a tutty, and 208 in a tutty. Overall, and, and there's some catches in there too, but overall, per game, um, 184 yards from scrimmage. This freaking kid is the shit, okay? And I, I love me some Newbin too. He's a guy, he, he had a two-yard game, too. He's a perfect number two. Um, if you needed to know why that other running back went to North Texas, this is the reason why. And God bless that kid. He, he showed he could run 100 yards in the Big Ten. He's a good, good quality dude. Well, you know, North Texas, he's probably going to be the number one guy. Shots out to you, dude. Go make some money. Dude. Go, go, you know, go do your thing. But that was nice to see. And also another young guy that may or may not, you know, maybe a year, maybe two years. We'll see how good of a year he has. Um, John Joyner, two sacks, bunch of pressures. Um, you know, we saw a lot of youngsters. That Greer, uh, Jamison Greer, that tight end, he did the – schemed up a perfect fake tush push, went out for a – uh, a, a, a pattern, and actually there was a fake t- uh, a fake run block. Um, I forgot to mention with the because this was a great play uh, with KJ Osborne on that touchdown where it looked like he was a, about to fill the the hole and block, and then he dipped. That was a great play. Anyway, um, overall though they did their thing. Shots out to Tyler Newbin who's moving on um, to the pros. Could have went last year, stayed a year. Shouts out to Chris, uh, Chris Adam Bell, which obviously injuries plagued. That dude has over 2,000. He's eighth in gopher history uh, for yards. Dude was a playmaker, just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Brevin Span Ford had a rough year this year um, compared to last year. It is what it is. But when we look at that 2019 season, that 11-win season, 11-2, and two, it is now officially – and that's why we knew this was kind of our, our retooling, rebuilding year. And, the, you know, having so many young or inexperienced guys playing in that schedule, you kind of knew it was going to be a rough one. But we are officially done now <laughs> with that era. So now it is on uh, and popping, like the young kids would say. What, what do you got to say about how they went out and whatnot? And, and then, you know, we'll get into some recruiting too, which – on paper, you know, this was the best recruiting class that Flex ever had since he's gotten here. Yeah, we own the Quick Lane Bowl. I mean, we have, have we got the grades for it. We own that bowl. That's right. Detroit. Ford Field belongs to the Golden Gophers. Um, you know, I, I thought you hit everything pretty much spell on. I mean, the Taylor kid, obviously, he's got a home here. He doesn't want to, you know, he's going to have to be beat out, and that's going to be tough. Um, although, you know, the slew of backs that Fleck has been bringing in lately, uh, you never know who's going to rise up in that heap. Um, so you never know how that's going to go. But 
Uh, defensively, I thought there were some shining points. Lindeberg played pretty well. Ja Joyner as well, like you said, starting to show up as the pass rusher. I thought he was going to be saying his name for probably three years just because I really liked his name, but I really thought, uh, you know, he's starting to show up as a definitive, you know, not a guy like Carter Coughlin who could occasionally play a special position and get some pressure or Thomas Rush the same way. I mean, Ja Joyner seems to be a, an off the edge, uh, pass sure. rush guy, saying, yeah. which is, you know, which is new kind of the program. Um, Wally's still there. Uh, I got beat a little bit. Uh, I like the receiver they had, the, the Bowling Green. I remember he tore yeah. us up earlier in his career when we lost the infamous yeah. Bowling Green game. They're good on offense um, this year. Um, but I, you know, the bowl streak is alive and that's, you know, no matter what you want to say, that's impressive to go and win seven straight bowl games is pretty good. And um, regardless of who you play, I mean, you got a mix of different teams in there. Auburn, I think you beat West Virginia. You beat some quality teams as well as some teams uh, from the MAC. And, you know, regardless, you, you line up and you play whoever you have to. I think we beat Georgia Tech in there too as well, right? That was the year uh, 2019 with Tyler Johnson and, yeah, and, Washington and, State and, actually, who came in as one of the best offenses of in the in the country, and we shut that shit down. Sure, and I like what you said also about the era being over. That era is over, long era due to COVID. Um, right, exactly. But yep. but it's uh, done. You know, we've transitioned out of that now, and we're kind of in that third. Maybe you want to say, Chris, the third stage now of of flex tenure was first the year zero to four, and then we got caught in the COVID stage, and a lot of guys stayed probably longer. Again, shout out to Chris Ottenbell. I wish him the best. Um, and uh, so now we're in this third thing where not only has, you know, the roster changed, but the entire landscape of college football has changed. And so, you know, I thought, you know, like you said, with the recruiting class we're going to get into here, um, Fleck was brought in to be a good recruiter. I think he's getting a feel for this new thing, Chris. I think he's getting a feel for like, okay, you know, get the, get the kids to sign, uh, make the home here, give them something to like, um, try to keep them here. Obviously you're going to lose depth every year. That's just it. You know, you're just gonna, it's going to happen. Kids want to play. And if they can go somewhere and play, that's what they're probably going to do, but get your guys in. I really like his best decision. I thought, um, going into this bowl season was realizing that, look, I can try to coach up quarterbacks and I can, I've been trying that. I, you know, I spent six years with, with Morgan and I got a game manager. I need a quarterback. And I really think whether this kid pans out or not, I like where his head's at of going to get a guy, you know, can throw sure. the ball, who can move the ball. We can at least move the chains uh, because it's three yards in a cloud of dust. Will work when you're trying to ice a game or something like that. But right, yeah. when you need to put points up and you're down 10 and you've got 10 minutes left in the fourth, you can't just try to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. If you have Mo, sure, you have a back like that, possibly. Um, but now it's offensive line. It's defensive line. It's it's skill position players. It's all these things that you've got to keep on your roster. And I really think a pretty comprehensive class this year, Chris, I'll let you get more into it, but really kind of hit all the positions. Yeah. And like you said, just making that change, you know, to say we need to be better and we're going to do it. And if it cost us, you know, the guy we wanted to be our quarterback for the, for three straight years, then it, it, it then it's got to because he didn't grab the bull by the horn this year. He had ample opportunity, and he just did. And we're not, you know, we're not looking to change our whole offensive up. But you could tell, shit. Even that Nebraska game, we threw it like forty times, which that was kind of silly actually looking back at it because it was a tight game. But the fact that he realizes, all right, dude, this isn't good enough, and I think it is a really key time. We may have talked about this a few weeks ago with this Max uh, Brosner dude. If he can come in and, and be successful, we're not saying he's going to be a second-round pick or nothing like that. But if he can come and be quality, you know, they got a Fresno State kid that got some playing time. Whether he plays or not, who knows. Um, but 
the small school quarterback, you know, if we could get back to that top 20, top 30-ish defense that we, and we've been in the top 10 before too. But if we can get that, we got a running game, the quarterbacks will want to come here. And, uh, you know, keeping a guy like Daniel Jackson and Taylor around was such a huge thing. And I go back to we had 15 starters, you know, with eligibility. And 14 of them came back. And the only dude that left probably have a bet. We don't know. But I, I don't know how he could be worse than what the Greek freak was doing out there. We know dude's got an arm. But it's, he just had no touch on his pass. So this is a big – these next two years are big because we can't say the young and inexperienced anymore now because they all got experience this year. So now – these next two years are really big. And, and other transfer reporter, we did get another back who was like, I think in two years at Ohio, he broke like 60 tackles. He had a thousand yard uh, receiver, you can catch, or not receiving, but um, thousand yards. I think two years ago, he got a little banged up this year, but um, he, he can catch the ball a little bit too. So, you know, depth along with what we got coming in and whatnot. But overall, the, the number one, Great class under P.J. Fleck so far. Uh, we did get two out of the top four and the number one guy from the state um, who was, the, I mean, the Michigan, Ohio State, USC. I mean, the heavy hitters wanted this kid. I think he's going to play on safety, but he played on both sides of the ball up there, uh, up there north, uh, you know, by Lake Superior up in that area. Uh, um, the kid's a baller. Um, his return game? Like, I, I think he's just going to get in the game for something next year. I'm not saying he's going to start day one. But I think, you know, um, we've been really good in the secondary under Flack. If you look at who's in the pros and who's making plays right now, we've been really good. It's not – let me say Winfield's number one with a bullet, but it's not just Winfield if you look at it. So um, I really like that. We got the number one player out of Wisconsin. Go figure. He's an offensive lineman. Uh, so that was big. Um, obviously, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, I think Nebraska, Michigan State. I mean, that was good. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, we got the number one dude from North Dakota. But, you know, Miami, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, people were going after that dude. I think he's going to play D-line uh, for them. Um, they did get the number one player out of Arkansas, who is the quarterback of the future, hopefully. And I say that hopefully because we don't know. Big kid, though, like almost 6'5", 220, we'll see, um, you know, we'll see if we can get there. But, yeah, I think two out of the four guys are in the top four for highest recruits of all time. So that's pretty good. So, yeah, we got – we pulled away, you know, a couple of different guys from, like, on the East Coast, Upper East Coast from Penn State. You know, we brought in what looks to be another depth uh, running back from that area. We got a kid from New Rochelle in the corner. Like, we did really good at corner and safety um, in this one, and that's something that we've been damn good at. Um, that that Michigan, um, I think it's Pretzloff or whatever, he did end up following Rose, uh, Rossi to Michigan State. So you can't really blame uh, Fleck for that. I think this is the also the highest uh, most All Americans they've had. They they're going to have four playing, and another big thing is fifteen early enrollees, and I think nine of them or eight of them are freshmen. So when you can get these guys in, no matter what, if they just if they're situational or whatever, I'm not saying they're all going to start or anything like that, but the early you get these guys in, the better, no doubt about it. And we have offered a variety it looks like defense alignment because you can never have enough right and um wide receiver which i do i love me some jackson i think he's gonna get a thousand yard receiving he almost did it this year he wasn't all big 10 um but you gotta have who's gonna be that second guy you know that's gonna be key and we have multiple uh offers out there some of them are one i think two of them are one and dones but you know, several of them have two years remaining. Even Donald Driver's son, uh, who I haven't actually been paying attention to lately, 
who offered him. But um, the offers weren't crazy. He's coming from Penn State. So if the offers aren't crazy, he may come here. You never know, though. He may go to a place where, you know, it's more of a pass-friendly. It's tough to say. But he is coming from Penn State, and Donald really wanted him to come here. You could tell by the Twitter. But the other offers I saw weren't on the, the – they weren't power five. So um, – and that's just a play that I haven't checked too much. But I'd say defensive tackle especially and uh, wide receiver, look out for at least – Probably one of both, um, you know, in the transfer portal still because there's still a lot of uh, moving parts. They did recently get the uh, the dude from Central Michigan who has two years. I don't know if he'll be, you know, how good he'll be. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, overall, man, like you said, I think they hit on a lot of positions. And they only lost one guy, and that was the center. And he was a guy that had been here six years, and we just plugged him in. I think we can plug in a guy who might be even better this year than that guy. Obviously, there was no beating the center from the year before, but um, we go pretty deep as far as guys that have playing time and guys that started most of the games last year on offensive line. So, like I said, uh, 2024 and 2025 is uh, important years on many levels uh, for Fleck. Yeah, and for the Fleck critics, I mean, again, I want to reiterate, uh, the program's in a pretty good spot. You know, we have, we're bringing in quality talent. We're winning games. We had a down year this year. Uh, maybe next year won't be the greatest, but it'll be building towards something. Um, the cupboards aren't bare. We're filling offensive line, defensive line. We've got skill position players. We've got an identity. We like to run the football. Maybe that changes a little bit. Uh, with quarterbacks coming through, and that can only help. Uh, we do need to hire the DC, and we'll get we'll let you know as soon as that happens. Good call. Good call. Man. What we want to do is get the right guy, and and that's important. I thought Rossi came up through the ranks. Um, not necessarily for ranks, or if you bring someone in, you know, when seasons end, a lot of more guys become available. Maybe he's eyeballing somebody there. Sure. You never know. Um, but something that matches because uh, you know this conference going to change a lot there's going to be high flying stuff going on with usc and ucla and and, and washington in particular washington, yeah nope. you know oregon for christ's sakes uh they're going to yeah, be throwing the ball around yeah they can run in so you you know things have to change a little bit and i think you know flex young enough uh he's got a good enough head on his shoulders and i just you know maybe calm down a little bit take a a deep breath and say look you know this is a it's a competitive Golden Gopher program. Now, of course, of course, that's not all we want. But at the bare minimum, that's what we'll take. Nonetheless, thanks for listening to the show. You can catch the show anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio. A home base is Hope Dope Radio. Um, and anywhere else you can get Apple Podcasts. Uh, enjoy that everybody listens. And uh, let's hope the Vikings don't pull off an upset this weekend, and we end up with a number nine pick to talk about and all the options that can go around it. Until then, we'll talk to you next week.